Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 569, recorded live on September 1st, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who seems to be typing a lot, Dave Play. Hi. And the man who forgot what extensions he was running in Chrome, Andy Lowe. Hi. We both forgot. Yeah. To be clear, it, it took like a week for this. To, it, what it took was an experiment to figure it out. Yes. Because Andy and I have been having issues with Skype. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, let's try. Like, there's tons of other like alternatives online now. People have made websites for podcasting. And so we tried one. Was that last week we tried one? We've tried them for like the last couple of weeks. Yep. And like... None of them would work for some reason. We could we could see audio going out and audio coming in, but no sound. And so on a whim, this time as we're trying this again for the like third website, I'm like, what if I open it in in like incog in it? Well, not even that. What I wanted to do was hear if if there was sound going out. And so I opened, I tried to open a second copy. And when I did, actually the, the website's smart enough that like, hey, you're using this invite link from two different places. So we're going to shut one of them down and let you use the other one. That was kind of interesting. Uh, and then I heard Andy just for a moment because then he muted himself. And I'm like, it, it works in incognito mode. Why does it work in incognito mode? Because my extensions aren't running. What extension? Oh, disable HTML5 autoplay. Yes, so we can actually take this whole multi-week problem and blame it on dumb, um, dumb web advertisers who have videos playing automatically in HTML5. Yeah, oops, HTML5 autoplay. HTML5, it does a lot of good things. <laughs> I mean, this is an example of one yeah. of those good things. We are actually recording via a website. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> We're recording fr- v- from a website into a wave file that I can automatically download and split as needed. Yeah. Now, is it a single channel wave? Uh, well, split channel. So I'm coming in on the left and you're coming in on the right. Fantastic. Which I found out with Adobe Audition, the newer versions, you can literally yeah. click a file like this and it can recognize that, wait a second, you're getting two different things on there and you can tell it to automatically split the file into two separate mono files. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was one of those things where like, you know, I was trying out something and one of the, one of the guys at work was like, oh, just right click it. I'm like, what? I right click it. And I'm like, oh, split stereo file. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It's like I work with people who have to deal with audio 24-7. What? What? So, Dave. Yeah. It's football season. I know. I'm excited. Michigan plays Notre Dame tonight. Do you know who Michigan plays next week? Not a clue. Hang on, looking it up. I'm going to guess Eastern or Western. Oh, they play Western, because you wouldn't have asked otherwise. You don't know. (laughs) Really? Could have been playing Wisconsin. That's later in no, October. No, that's, that's way later. I know that's way later, because that's that's a um, uh, uh, conference game. And that's at Michigan this year, from the looks of it? No, they're going to... Well, actually, no, I can't say that. Because no, the Michigan- Wisconsin game, not oh. the Western game. The Wisconsin game, Andy. Yes, the important w- one. Wisconsin is going to be at U of M. <clears throat> that's going to be fun. I can't, I can't, I was going to say, like, no, because they're, you know, Big Ten teams always play at home against Max teams, but MSU came to Western two years ago. Neat. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State win last night? They must have. Yes. It was a, okay. it was an ugly game. 
ugly good, ugly bad. Oh, 31 to 38. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that does not bode well for the dear Spartans. The Utah State Aggies. We're ahead by the end of the first quarter. Oops. Yeah, no, it was it was an ugly game, according to almost got upset. Yeah. So are you going to go to the, the Western Michigan game? No. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's like an hour and a half drive. And it's a chance to see a, a football game in the big house, which is always like a really nice event to do. Dave, do you remember where I grew up originally? About five miles from the big house? No, not five no? miles. Hold on, no? let me see. Are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. Let's see. U of M Stadium. Yep. Okay. And we were... Oh, we were here on Mershon. 1.4 miles walking. And wow. that's to the far side of Michigan Stadium. That's a lot closer than I thought it was. Yep. Yep. One, 1.2 miles. Yeah. So that, that doesn't change the fact that going to a football game in the big house is like a really cool thing to do. Well, yeah, I know, but we did it a lot. <laughs> okay. Most I've of the time. only gone when, when I was actually going to U of M. Oh no. Cause you know, the scalpers are already like out, Yeah. you know, after the game's already started, you can kind of get a good deal on tickets because you know, Hey, some money is better than no money. Yeah. So, you know, you could always, you know, go up there and be like, Hey, you know, what tickets do you got? And they're like, I got these. They're in the nosebleeds. And you say it's Michigan stadium. There are no nosebleeds. The stadium goes into a hole. Well, yes, but the the back row is very far away. <laughs> the back row is very, very far away. Hope you brought your binoculars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you look at some of the other stadiums that, you know, have high volumes. They're multi-tiered. That's yep. not the case at U of M. U of M is one tier just out. Yeah. So um, I still remember the one game we went to just for kicks and giggles was uh, Tim Biaka Batuka's first game where he ran for like four or five touchdowns. It was just nuts. <laughs> the announcer had no idea how to pronounce this kid's name. It's like Tim Biaka Batuka? You think they'd, they'd like look through the roster beforehand and maybe have a pronunciation guide? Well, they, they they do, but it's still like he was questioning his own pronunciation on there. It's like, hmm. it's like I think this is how it goes. So yeah, it's football season. Are you are you excited? Well, our first football game at Western went off without a major hitch. Yeah, that's right. Because you really look at this from the other perspective. Yes, from like a technical work perspective. Mm-hmm. Luckily, most of the games for Western are during. The week, actually. Yeah, well, uh, so you don't lose your weekends? 9.22. Oh, sorry, no. Saturday, 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 Saturday. And then second half. Oh, Saturday, Saturday. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these are most... Oh, last four. Last four games are all weekdays. But it's Saturdays up until then. So, I, you know, I kind of got to, like, hover around in case there's issues. Okay. Just kind of be available. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you know, have my remote connection to the office up and running in case I have to log in and check something. But just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting because uh, CBS Sports was there for this game as well. So it was like, okay, you know, got to make sure our stuff doesn't, you know, it still works. But they also got to tie in the CBS Sports stuff to everything. And it was... That was good times. So, so should we not talk about weather or sports or food? I mean, those are some of my favorite things. <laughs> well, food is. Why are we talking? Wait, when when do we talk about food? Well, we normally do talk about food. Oh. So I'm just kind of like cutting that off. 
Just be like, forget the normal opening stuff. Yes. Let's get down to business. Mm. Let's get down to business. Um, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> to defeat the Huns. Yeah, damn it. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. Oh, if you need other stuff stuck in your head, I can give you many, many kids songs. Oh, that's okay. I've been watching DuckTales. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I finished the first season of the new DuckTales, which is the only season that's out. Holy crap, Andy, it's good. Okay. Uh, I just finished Luke Cage, so that's good. Yeah. Because uh, Iron Fist comes out on the 7th. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I may have given up on the, like, Netflix Marvel shows. They're it's interesting. Our, they aren't keeping my interest. Like, Daredevil was great. Jessica Jones was okay. But Jessica Jones was good because David Tennant is good. Which is one of the reasons why DuckTales is good. <laughs> True. <laughs> Bringing that one back. Andy, they used like, so they, they, this, this DuckTales universe, this is not just a reboot. This is a, a like alteration because in this DuckTales universe exists a bunch of other like call outs to other shows of that era. So like Darkwing Duck exists as a TV show in DuckTales. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Cape Suzette is the town from Tailspin and is referenced in the first episode. The gummy bears are referenced. And almost every time they make one of these references, they actually, like, pull in some other Easter egg. So, like, for the gummy bears, there, there was an episode. They didn't have the actual gummy bears, but there were a bunch of call-outs to it. And in that episode, they even added the theme to the gummy bears as part, like, just a... a, a Three quarters second musical cue that if oh. you knew to listen to it, it was there. So it was a, it was a stinger. It, it wasn't a stinger because it wasn't. I mean, I, I guess I usually think of stingers as something at the very end. Well, a, a musical like a musical just a short bit. I think it's called a musical sting. Okay, it was almost like a light motif, but yes. just very short. A uh, musical sting, musical phrase. A sting, sometimes called a sounder, is a short musical phrase primarily used in broadcasting and films as a form of punctuation. Uh, no. No? No. It wasn't used as punctuation. It was, it was just, it was there for the people who knew to listen to it. Okay, so yeah, it wouldn't be a sting. It would be a musical cue? Yeah, probably a cue. Or a theme. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Isaac. Adorable baby. Just wandering around. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, yeah, watch DuckTales. Seriously, just watch DuckTales. Uh, I'll have to add it to my list. I gotta uh, catch up on the, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The it, first episode is on YouTube. Just, like, sit down and watch it. Seriously. Is it on Netflix, though? No. Oh. What's it on? Disney XD. Oh, so it's not, it's actually, like, on the air and not yeah. online. Oh. Yeah. I, we, we can work something out. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Watching watch, live TV, what? Watch watch the one on YouTube, and if you like it, we, we can work something out. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, and okay, just pointed out something, and now it just it clicked a couple of times. Okay. I thought, like, your coffee was too hot or something. Uh, no, it actually was, and I had, did burn my tongue, and then I threw a whole bunch of ice cubes in it, and then counteracted it too far the other way. Oh, and now it's too cold. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yep. Um, California passed a bill. Yes, Senate Bill. Coughing right into into topics. Senate Bill eight two two. The net neutrality bill. Yes. The hey, the FCC just took this away, but we don't agree with that. So guess what? It's back. 
Now, what's the what's the exact like wording of the bill? Do I have to look this thing up? Well, if you want the exact wording, yes, you'll have to go and look it up. But you know, how does this compare to the <clears throat> the open internet or whatever? Yeah. Uh, let's see if there is a bill analysis. Oh gosh, no, that's <laughs> that's an actual analysis. Oy. SB 822, you want the actual bill text? Okay, this bill establishes net neutrality requirements by prohibiting internet service providers from taking certain actions that interfere with consumers' abilities to access content, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Great. Great, great reading of the law, Andy. Uh, Okay. So yeah, this prevents ISPs from creating actions that interfere with consumers' ability to access internet content, including intentionally blocking content, speeding up, slowing down, paid prioritization... Requiring consideration from med providers for access to an ISP's end users and selectively zero rating certain content. Okay, clarify that federal and state telecommunications projects receiving federal or state monies must comply with net neutrality requirements. So if you want to do something in California and you're getting California money, you got to follow the California rule. Yep. Okay. Which is the only way they can really enforce it. Yes. Reasonable network management means a network management practice that is reasonable. A network management practice is a practice that is primarily technical network management justification. Does not include other business practices. Wow, they go into detail here. (laughs) Well, they have to. Yeah. So this is not actually law yet, though, right? Uh, is it? No. Uh, Jerry Brown hasn't signed it yet. He... Oh. uh, Well, but it's Jerry Brown. Is he saying he won't? Uh, he has not stated e- one way or the other if he's going to uh, vote it or, or sign what? the bill. What? He, has, he hasn't stated that he's going to sign it yet. Granted, the uh, what happens in California, it looks like, is um, California's legislature basically, you know, votes on everything and they're... Uh, their time ended on Friday, and then mm-hmm. so all these bills go to the governor's desk in one big pile, and then he selectively oh, he's decides working his way through. Yeah. So Brown could still veto this whole thing, but with you know it passing, I mean, it, pa- it passes does. the legislature and the federal senators and House Democratic House members from California all approve it. So yeah, if if he does veto it, then like. California has this really interesting way of enacting laws in which, if, if I recall correctly, <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to take this. <laughs> if, <laughs> sorry, sorry, he literally if took rec- part of the, his stroller apart and then was just banging it on the floor right next to me. If I recall, um, the citizens can vote on laws in California. I I do believe so. Like, yeah, if they get a large enough, um, a large enough uh, stuff there, yeah, they can. Uh, like, was like Prop Eight was like a thing put out there for right. Yeah, remember that video of the guy who was on the BBC who was trying to do a. a, a Skype interview with them, and they had his kid come into the room. Yeah. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. 
Yeah. Are you are you feeling something like that? Oh, a little bit. He did another interview uh, a couple months later and and like had closed the door and locked it. They made, they joked about it in the interview. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're right behind the door right now. I can hear them. <laughs> So yeah, so it's not official yet. It's looking like it's going to be official, but we have to wait for the governor to actually sign it. And then I bet you anything, it's going to the courts. Because that seems to be how things happen now. Yeah. Stuff gets signed into law, people don't like it, boom, right off the bat, goes to the court system. I'm, I'm sure a couple companies are already drafting the briefs. Kind of a terrifying world we live in when corporate America has that much power. Mm-hmm. So speaking of court rulings and telcos, um, some of the oh, was it the competitive local exchange carriers sued um, the FCC about our. Well, the FCC voted last year to eliminate price caps on business broadband prices. So there was a thing stating there for business, you know, grade, highest, you know, internet service. There was a price cap set on there saying that, you know, you cannot charge more than this amount. Um, So they they voted to eliminate the price caps in a county if 50% of potential customers are within a half mile of a location served by a competitive provider. Hmm. So they were, you know, asking, hey, what is defined as a location served by a competitive provider? Right. And the FCC said, oh, we're going to look at um, census tracks as locations. Okay. So they're going to take America and break them up into census tracts. Which has already been done by the Census Bureau. Yes. And they said, okay, you know, location served by a competitive provider, if one person in a census tract is provided service yeah. by a provider, yeah. then they're considering the whole census tract. So if... But, like, some of those census blocks are huge. Well, blocks and tracks are all based off of uh, population. Right. Yeah. So, so some like, one in, in downtown New York, very tiny. Yes. One in Montana is, like, a sixth of the state. Yes, because the, the census tracts are broken up by population, somewhere between 2,500 to 8,000 people in a census block. I remember this from the... Because, you know, I did census stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, if one person out of this 8,000 people, air, you know, hang on, census... Hang on, I'm, I'm pulling up a map of the U.S. census tracts. Open image. This new tab. There we go. Let's look at this thing. Yeah, these things are enormous. Yes, because there's a lot of low population areas in Wisconsin, I'm guessing, is where you're looking. Uh, I was looking out west. Even in Wisconsin, like, some of them are pretty big. But also, like, the markets don't follow the census tracts. I, I, across the street from here is a competitor to Charter. And by across the street, I mean, like, three quarters of a mile down the road. Okay. Like, it is across the nearest major street from me. Okay. They don't provide service here. I've called them. I've asked them. And they're like, nope, you're outside of our service range. I'm like, but you guys offer fiber. And I would very much like fiber. And I would very much like to get off of Charter. And they're like, nope, we don't offer service in your area. I'm like, but you, I can, I can see from my house, the place where you offer service. And, like, we don't offer service in your area. But that's the same census tract. Like, yes. 100%. So, so... So, Charter has a competitor in the area, even though I can't get them. Yes. And not only that, anybody that is within a half mile of that location is also considered, you know, you know, part of the, the 
thing here. So, you know, price caps will be eliminated in a county if 50% of potential customers are within half mile of a location served by a competitive provider. So the census track, one person in there gets service, that whole census track is considered, you know, as a location served. And then any, you know, if 50% of the potential customers in that area are within a half mile of that census tract, then the county is null and void for price caps. Which means that since charter is like my only option, they could raise the price however high they want. Yes, for these specific business level internet providing. So the the um, the consumer, what I call it, the competitive local exchange carriers sued saying, hey, wait a second, this math is all just it's wonky, wonky. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we're going to because they're uh, these are the purchasers of business broadband from the ISPs to basically like as a wholesale sort of thing there. They said, hey, you know, I don't think the math is right. You know, we, this is based off of bad data. Yep. So, you know, this this is not legal. Well, the courts ruled that the FCC basically can pick and choose what... Uh, the FCC may rationally choose which evidence to believe among conflicting evidence in its proceedings, especially when, uh, predict, especially when predicting what will happen in the markets under its jurisdiction. So they basically said the FCC, when creating FCC rules, can pick and choose the information or the, yeah, the, uh, the evidence of what to base that ruling off of as long as it is not acting arbitrarily when making such predictions and choosing how to regulate the market under its jurisdiction. So as long as they, as long as they, as long as they're consistent, they can pick the information as how they see fit. That's the opposite of what they're supposed to do, right? I'm not crazy here. They, yeah, they get to pick since, you know, it's their rules. They get to pick what information they can use as long as they are consistent with it. So they have decided to say, okay, a market is competitive if you know, somebody in the census tract is served, and they're going to do that across the board, and so therefore their rules, based off of their set... Apply. Apply, yeah. Mother effort. <sighs> Just in case you're wondering, um, after they voted on this, AT&T scheduled a 15% price increase for business data lines in certain states to affect on or after the day of the FCC's vote. Of course they did. Yeah. Of course they did. So yeah, so yeah, there's a price cap. As soon as it's lifted, yeah, 15% increase, boom. So. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Yep. Do you want even more grumbling? Yep. Okay, so there's a lobby organization for ISPs called U.S. Telecom. Mm-hmm. And the president of U.S. Telecom was actually going to be on, I guess, the communicators next week. Okay. Uh, and so some of the top ex- execs of the U.S. Telecom organization emailed a 12-page document of talking points yesterday asking the recipients, yesterday being the 29th, asking the recipients to review the document for accuracy and other thoughts in order to help the president when for when he goes on C-SPAN. <laughs> the problem was that... 13 of the 15 recipients were U.S. telecom employees. One was a non-U.S. telecom person who works at a firm that provides subject matter experts and in-depth legal analysis. The last person Oops. on that... The last person on that list, though, was a writer for Tech Dirt. <gasps> no. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, God. Oops. Ah, uh, wow. So, of course, he gets his document and turns right around and says, Hey... Look what I just got. Yeah. 
He's like, the talking points are not all that surprising if you're familiar with the telco industry. <laughs> so there aren't any really huge smoking guns here. But they, uh, and the document is not entirely full of all things there. Like, there's a section on Verizon throttling fire response that's blank. Because <laughs> they don't know how to respond to phrase that. Phrase that. Yeah. Like, uh, net neutrality means first responders can have priority access? I mean, anti-net neutrality? The free internet, I think is what they're calling it. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting where they're looking at it. And the talking points are basically saying that, you know, they're trying to flip the attacks and like, yeah, big telcos really want to play up the recent attacks on social media companies. And throughout the document, there are statements about taking advantage of the current political attacks on those companies. So rather than, you know, try and you know, be like, oh, yeah, Trump's going after Google. So we really got to play up Trump going after Google rather than, you know, the problems that are actually, de- you know, the ISPs are privacy issues that the ISDs are ISPs are currently working. It's like it's it's ridiculous what's in this document. It's oh wow. So yeah, no, this is <laughs> if you really want to know how the ISPs feel, this is probably your document to go to. Yeah. And I love how he starts out. It's like, yeah, these things are not surprising. They've been doing this for years. Yeah, it's all the same stuff. Yep. All of this oh no, the the internet's still the same as when like before the repeal. It's not like all these doomsday prophecies has come to pass. Like, well, except you're not all going to do this at once, and it's still in court. You're going to wait, but you've admitted in court that you're planning on doing this. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of a grumbling. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, you guys are lying assholes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I do. I the fact that like they don't know how to respond to the Verizon firefighter thing because that's amusing. Because like, how do you respond to like you fucked up? Sorry, like, this is why we need net neutrality, is because companies will do this shit. Well, it's kind of like the, uh, the T, was it, yeah, it was the TV auction, TV channel auction that was done with the, uh, DTV stuff. Part of that was supposed to be, hey, you know, we're going to take some of those frequencies and we're going to give it specifically for first responders. And it's like, okay, it's been how many years since that happened and there's still not an actual system out there? Yep. And what's the holdup? Oh, AT&T bought the, you know, won the bid for this? Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. <sighs> There's another court ruling, though. Yeah. Yeah. The Ninth Court of Appeals ruled that an IP address alone is not enough to go after someone for alleged copyright infringement. Yay. But probably is enough to, like, start investigating. In this copyright action, this is the statement from the court. We consider whether a bare allegation that is that a defendant is the registered subscriber of an IP address associated with infringing activity is sufficient to state a claim for direct or contributory infringement. We conclude that it is not. The direct infringement claim fails because the defendant's status as a registered subscriber of an infringing IP address standing alone does not create a reasonable interference that he is also the infringer. Because Maltz, right? Inference, yes. Okay. Sorry, I can't talk. I cannot talk. Or cannot. read today. Can, cannot, cannot talk or read. Mm-hmm. Perfect for a news-based podcast. Podcast, yes. Yeah, talking and reading is kind of what we do. <laughs> so, because multiple devices and individuals may be able to connect via an IP address, simply identifying the IP subscriber solves only part of the puzzle. Plaintiffs must allege something more to create a reasonable inf- inference that a subscriber is also an infringer. 
The judge so also that's... ruled that the copyright holder who started this claim uh, to pay more than 17000 in legal fees for the defendant. Nice. So the EFF has to be really happy. Mm-hmm. As are people who pirate. Yes. They're like, hey, just because it was on my network doesn't mean I did it. Well, especially that on me. Especially now that what you know is Comcast was having you know turning everybody's personal internet into hotspots for Comcast yeah. is just like it's like yeah no yes my Wi-Fi might be open but you know ISPs are doing this as well. Hmm. Well, that's cool. I'm I'm happy to hear it. Mm-hmm. Finally, yep. Of course, that was the Court of Appeals. Yes, which means it's probably going to get kicked up another level. Yep. Because... Because that's how our legal system works. Yep. Large companies have enough money to handle the legal fees on higher and higher levels. But the Supreme Court could always kick it back down and say, like, no, Court of Appeals got this. We aren't going to look at it. Yep. There's any number of things that could happen between now and there. Yep. If we could get a whole new FCC chairman. Oh, another two and a half years. Oh, God, don't say that. I, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Uh, how about another two months? Yeah, but that's just the midterms. That's Yeah, but that can still cause like significant changes and shifts. Uh, not in the FCC, because the FCC uh, is an appointed position and therefore has to go through the Senate. And I don't think the Senate's going to change many seats, right? Uh, it has the opportunity to flip. Uh, house forecast. All right, where is the Senate forecast? Do we have one? No, I'm trying to look at 538, and I don't see a yeah. Senate forecast on here. There's the House forecast. There's the districts. Who owns 538 at this point? Uh, does ESPN still own it? Looks like ABC. So Disney owns it. Oh. It's ABC. Hmm. Well, yeah, because ESPN is owned by ABC, so they probably shifted yeah. it. Yeah. I don't see anything about the Senate forecast. So, like, they've got to have it. 2018 election predictions. 35 U.S. Senate seats to be contested in 2018. 26 are held by Democrats. The party will need to gain two seats to take control. This is a very confusing map. Yeah, I'm trying to figure I think I'm looking at the exact same map as you and trying yeah. to figure it out. I, She's up for election right now. Interactive map. Okay, this is the map. Uh, they're currently, CNN says there's seven toss-up seats. Okay, how many do the Democrats need to win? Well, seven of those toss-up seats are five Democrats and two Republicans. So they need to win the two Republican seats. Yeah. Okay, well, I donated to a, a campaign out here for a local election. Mm. The candidate had to look up the the um, threshold amount, though, because I, I wanted to donate in cash because I had cash on me. And I'm like, yes, I will give your campaign money, but I, I only have this $100 bill. In cash. <laughs> in cash. But I donated. It was It is the maximum allowed cash donation from a single person. Is that a rolling thing of thunder? Jeez. Was that from you? Yeah. What the hell is going on over there? I don't know. Uh, well, let's find out. I'll go to my favorite website, lightningmaps.org. <laughs> have you used this site before? Oh, my God. Yeah, actually, I have because um, we have transmitter sites that, you know, are giant metal poles sticking up out of the ground. Yep. I, those can't ever get hit by lightning. No, never. <laughs> never. Especially since they're already electrified. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the... The question with sometimes is, okay, you know, was there lightning damage on the thing? Because sometimes the insurance yeah. companies may or may not, you know, yeah. 
cover it if it was lightning damage? Um, ooh, you can add the rain radar. Oh, oh my. You're about to get lightning strike. Like, you should hear thunder very soon. Oh, I have been. No, like another one. Oh. And then another one. I love watching this map. I will send you your area there. Okay, okay. that's going to be a lot of rain coming this way. No, most of the rain looks like it passed you already. Yeah, but then there's that thing over Lake Michigan, which looks like it might actually be going north. No, we're going to catch a little bit at the bottom. Yeah. So, uh, we talked about Microsoft Xbox All Access. Yeah. It's been officially announced. And it is a limited-time offer available only in the U.S. at a Microsoft store, quote-unquote, near you. But but where's the nearest Microsoft store to me? Uh, Milwaukee. Oh. You know where the nearest one for me is? Ann Arbor? Nope. Lansing? Nope. Chicago? Yes. Chicago or Troy? So yeah, you, own, you, you only have an hour-ish drive. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Hour and a half drive. I yep, have two, two and a half. half. So it's a five-hour round trip for you. Yes. I could do it of like... I'm going to go visit my grandmother. I want to see her. I want to go, like, spend an afternoon in Milwaukee and just, like, do this then. You are like, this would be an entire day. Yes. Just just driving there, doing the thing, and driving back. Yeah, pretty much. For no upfront cost and a low monthly price, 20 for months, you get a new Xbox One S or Xbox One X, mm-hmm. access to the 100 games through the Game Pass, online multiplayer through Gold, mm-hmm. and you get the console. Yes. No interest. Nope. 24, you get the two years of gold, two years of games, the brand new console. That's not a bad, like, if you're gonna invest in an Xbox, like, that is actually a pretty good deal. Yes. But do I want to invest in it? I don't play my PS4 anyway, like, it's sitting downstairs... I just don't console game that much anymore. Yeah, I'm looking at my Xbox 360 in the in in the thing hooked up to the TV, and I'm like, I can't remember what game is in there. And like, I just bought an NES Mini and a SNES Mini, and I haven't played with those. I loaded a bunch of games on them, but I haven't done anything to them. So fun fun fact about that, which we can move on to another topic. The the biggest selling device in June this year, because the the video game numbers by NPD were actually just announced. Yeah. Was the NES Classic. Well, of course. Yeah, the biggest selling device in June was the NES Classic, which I found just, I found that humorous. I was like, oh, yep. I mean, it it was a massively, massively popular device, and it's cheap, right? It was only like 80 bucks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I can imagine a lot of people wanting to buy it. Hardware sales were up, software sales were down, uh, re-releases of games are actually doing quite well. So yeah, top telling, top 10 selling game, Mario Tennis Aces was number one. Mm-hmm. God of War was two. Grand Theft Auto V is still in the still top. A, a top game. Yeah, that's the mm. surprising one right there. Grand Theft Auto V was number three. Is it that surprising though? No, especially with all the stuff that they're doing with Grand Theft Auto Online. And at some point I'm going to have to play that game. I mean... GTA V? Yeah. I own it. I played 20 minutes of it. I hated the protagonist, so, like, I did, couldn't get it. I think that's the difference for me with GTA 4 versus any of the other ones. I liked Nico. Oh, yeah, no, he was a fun guy. I hated his cousin. Yeah, oh, God. But Nico Bellic, like, he was a he was a good, well, he was a good man. He was a, he was an interesting character. Oh. Huh. I'm hearing the thunder. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, can I see the strike? Can I see the strike that caused it? Maybe, maybe. Where'd the map go? Too many tabs. 
Yep, there it is. And I see the the sound wave passing. Oh, that was like three strikes at once. That's why. Mm -hmm. I love this map. It's just so fun to see just like, especially if you zoom out a bit so you can see entire regions and you just see the size of some of these storms. Do you have a cat now? Do I have a cat? I'm joking about your child. Oh. It sounds like the collar on a cat. Nope. But sometimes he does act like an asshole cat. Okay. Knocking things down. Yep. Just staring at you, like, swiping his arm, knocking something off the table, and you're just like... Why do you do that? Because I can. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I just realized the storm you're getting is what I had last night. It's just that same cell that moved across. Enjoy. Thanks. There was a lot of wind last night. Uh, other topics. What else we got? Uh, let's see. Eight, 8K TVs are coming. I mean, we've known that for a while, though. <laughs> right? We were joking about that like two years ago. At CES. Well, not at CES, but during CES. Yes. But yeah, no, you could buy supposedly this fall an 8K TV in the U.S. Because you want to show off your extremely large television because you're compensating for something? Hey, now. It's not always just for compensation. People have had home theaters for a long time. Yes. That is compensating. Like, well, no, not even that. That's just a, a gross, like, display of wealth. Now I'm not going to go and buy one of these right away, but maybe eventually. Yeah, Wired UK says the price of an AKTV could be well over, this is Wired UK, so 10,000 pounds. Holy fuck! Yeah. That's very expensive. Yeah. I've read somebody else, you know, said like, oh, yeah, AKTVs. The price is probably higher than the number of lines of resolution on it. <laughs> oh, man, that's that is ungodly expensive. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. But like at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. It'll happen. It'll come down in price. And Andy, mark my words. By the time we are 60, We will be past those. Think about how far TVs have come in 30 years. True. And, you know, you know, South Korea and China have plans to launch 8K TV channels by 2020 in time for the Tokyo Olympics. Yep. And that's basically where all of the (laughs) Korea and Japan are the places that are, you know, putting forward the actual R&D into this stuff. Give it time, it will become the norm. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was shot at 8K resolution. Oh my god. So, at some point, you know, granted, you know, HDMI actually has to get the next approval for their standard to actually be able to carry 8K of resolution. Eh, it's not that hard, right? (laughs) To double the bandwidth that you're carrying? Yeah, no No, actually, no, 4K to 8K, that's because we're talking... It's four times as many pixels. Yeah. So you'll have to carry four times the current bandwidth of an HDMI cable. Yeah, there's no problem. Yep. Don't worry about it. Not a problem. Oh my god, there's still more flood warnings here. It doesn't stop. So remember we talked about how Pokemon Go added weather? Yes. They also added, like, dangerous notices saying, like, hey, there's a lot of snow coming. There's a weather advisory. 
every day for the last two weeks, it has it has had this advisory of like dangerous conditions outside. Like it's beautiful. It's sunny. Like it's sunny. It's seventy two degrees. Like dangerous conditions. Are like right because there's a flood warning. <laughs> what what movie? Oh, Kate's watching The Martian. Ah, it's the uh, the secret meeting theme. Okay. He's like, what is this? Oh, that's from Lord of the Rings. All. That. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So 8K TV is a thing. Mm-hmm. Woo! Uh, some stock talk. Yeah, how's your GameStop right. stock going right now? It's looking very sad. I mean, it's to be to be clear, it's not looking as as sad as like it could be. But I was really hoping because the stock was rallying for a while, and I'm like, oh my god, maybe it'll get back up to like a, a reasonable price given what I paid for it. And then this week, it was just like, nope. And I'm like, oh, that's upsetting and sad. In the last week, it has dropped 20%. Yep, because it seems nobody wants to buy GameStop. Yep. I mean, that said, GameStop stock is really cheap right now. And the holiday season is coming up. The holiday season is coming up, and they pay really high dividends for the cost of the stock. Like, hang on, let me go find the the last dividend payment. There's another one coming up in just a a couple days, actually, I think. Yeah, GameStop pays 38 cents per share. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I I was was checking my newsfeed for something. Yeah? John McCain's mother is still alive. Wow, she's old. 106, holy cow. Wow, she's old. (laughs) It's like, John McCain, he's kind of old. Yeah. His mom, still alive. Holy cow. I mean, yeah. Wow. Sorry, that wasn't a topic. That just popped up on my newsfeed. I'm like, About John McCain's mother? Yeah. That's impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. 106. Good lord. I can segue off of this, too. Okay. Because John McCain was all about, you know, the, the chairman of the Armed Services Committee in the Senate. Sure. Okay. And the U.S. Navy just awarded Boeing a contract to build a tanker drone that can be launched off of an aircraft carrier. A tanker drone? Yes. So it's a drone for refueling other planes? Yes. It can... And it will be carrier-based? Yes. Okay. So the That's, the drone huh. can deliver 14,000 pounds of fuel to an aircraft 500 nautical miles away. Interesting. So it can now double the range of the Super Hornet and Joint Strike Fighter attack missions. From you could the do ca- more than that if you if you were really careful about your carrier placement. And so let's say I have some F-35s stationed in California, and I had enough carriers across the Pacific. Oh, leapfrog? Like they did with this? <laughs> like the could leapfrog the F-35 from California to Australia or Japan or China. So you're just talking about the specific theater of World War II, just not using islands, but actual carriers. Yeah, you'd never have to land. I would hate to be that fighter pilot. <laughs> Bring a book. Bring a book, wear a diaper. I mean, they already do. Yeah. Bring some uh, pro-vigil so that you don't need to sleep. And the, the crazy, I mean, since they're drone-based, you could probably let the computers connect. Oh, using the, the in-flight computer on the... Yeah, 
Because because midair refuel is like one of the hardest things that you can do as a fighter pilot. Oh yeah. <laughs> but if you just let the computers handle it, you just say like I'm hands off. Computer has control for docking to refuel. No, that could make sense. Jeez, you could make these things go wherever you needed them. By the way, I, I want to say, like, the F-35 is a colossal expense. Yes. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at the like, price tag... Yeah, but the, the price tag is is mostly R&D, right? Like, it was, it was all about the research and development. It doesn't cost that much to produce each one. It's... They took the cost... It's the same thing they did with the, the stealth bomber. It was the cost of the program divided by the number of of planes that they built. And that's not really fair. Yeah, so if they build more of them, then the price will come down. Right, it's the price per plane. And also, some of that knowledge gets transferred to other places. Yep. So, it's really expensive. Like, I'm not denying that. It is money we could have spent elsewhere. It It's also really, like, it's pushing technology. Hmm. Big Bang is ending. Yeah, I had to link this article because of the finally. headline, which is, yeah, Big Bang Theory is ending. Our long nightmare is finally over. Really, that's your that's your headline for this yep. news article. Yep, I've I have grown to really despise this show. I know you like it. I haven't that's, actually that's... watched it since. Yeah, since we moved into this house, we haven't watched yep. it. I the the more I think about it, the more I I look at it. Like I yeah, it's I do not like the Big Bang Theory. But don't worry, Young Sheldon is still going on, which is an even grosser atrocity. Yes. So yeah, no, it's uh. Yep. Yeah, geez, really, that's your news article though. Is the long time nightmare is finally over? That's. Yeah, no, I'm 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 pro that. All right. I I the only thing for me is it's it doesn't feel that creative a title. Like I feel you could have done a better job. <sighs> well, do you want to hit the news article about China and Tencent or no? Oh, we were talking about GameStop stock. We should yeah. probably talk about Tencent. Yeah, Tencent's value dropped by twenty billion following China's new regulations on fighting nearsightedness in children. What? what? Yeah. China's education ministry has revealed a plan to protect kids' and teens' eyesight with measures including regulating the number of online games and new releases and limiting game time. Okay. Yeah, the goal, because uh, I guess China has the, uh, as a country, has the highest rate of childhood nearsightedness in the world. And they think it's because people are looking at phones? Yes. Ministry wants to c- parents to cut down on kids' screen time, ensure they have healthy sleep schedules and adequate nutrition, and encourage them to play outdoors and form sturdy exercise habits. It also demands that schools conduct eye exercises for students every day and limit the use of electronics to 30% of total teaching time. What? Eye exercises? Yes. Okay, sure. But yeah, so China trying to take on an eye issue in their country <laughs> caused, caused 10 cents stock to plummet. By twenty billion dollars. I mean, what what was that percentage wise? Uh, five point four percent. It's a pretty hefty stock. Bit. Yes, because China is a huge untapped video game market. Well, untapped, quote unquote, right? Tencent is doing a pretty good job of tapping that. Yeah. <laughs> that came out um not quite the same as it was intended. <laughs> <laughs> can we can can i call a, a an edit like a cut 
and and try that again. <laughs> that was not intended to be that way. I guess it's not untrue. Wow. I've never put those two expressions together. An untapped resource and tapping it. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, was there an original linguistic connection between those? I don't know. Uh, uh, I assume so, because I don't know where tap that would come from otherwise. It certainly didn't come from Magic the Gathering. My guess is probably like a well putting a, you know, spigot on a well. Right. Or a, 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 a frog. Ah, beer comes in it. Keg. <laughs> Wow, we talk no good on episode. <laughs> Language hard. Kino, <laughs> <laughs> okay. talk good like you and me. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, are we good to hit the randoms? Yes. Yes, Let's we are. Let's talk about some random stuff. Like, unlike what we've been doing so far. Oh, random review is my review this week. I would like to talk about Hearthstone's newest expansion, the Puzzle Labs. So, Hearthstone's got solo adventures. Yeah, which I like. Yep. This is a single-player one, so you're not actually playing against anybody else. You're playing against the computer. It does not cost anything to play. You don't have to have cards to play it. Which is good. Yes. Any any tavern brawl that makes you create a deck, don't play. But, but there's, yeah, there's some decks where you have to create a deck. Other decks, they just give you stuff. Those are always nice. Because yep. you don't have to have cards in yep. order to win the tavern brawl, which gets you cards. More cards. Yep. yep. So the puzzle labs are basically, you have different different puzzles that um, you have different, basically, win features. Where there's one where you have to completely clear the board. There's another one where you have to heal your character up to full health. Um, there's one where you have to kill the other, the computer player. What else am I missing? Board clear. Mirror. Mirror. Yes, where you have to have your side of the board match his side of the board exactly. I really like the, the lethal one, which is kill the other character. Yes. Because it, it really helps you think about how to use the cards. Which one and am I missing? the fact that there's, there's no time is fantastic. Yes, there's no you time. All the time and all the attempts that you want. Yes, there's, you know, you, you can hit that reset button and it's very instantaneously resets the board. It's pretty quick. Yeah, and they're, they're just puzzles. That's it. it. It reminds me, did you ever read or, or subscribe to InQuest magazine? I have never heard of this. This was a long time ago. Um, let me see if I can find, like, the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I've got it. Inquest Gamer? Yeah. Inquest Gamer was a monthly magazine for game reviews published from 95 to 2007. Um, it focused originally on Magic the Gathering. Okay. And it was it was a great magazine. Like, I love. Oh, is magazines. this the one that has, like, a magic puzzle at the back? They had, a, well, they had two things. They had a, a, a puzzle and they had something called the Swan Song, because Richard Swan was one of the, the editors. Um, and, and the puzzle was, here's a really weird setup of magic, and here's the goal. How do you get there? And it's exactly this, right? It's like, yes. the goal is kill the other person. The goal is survive a turn. The goal is, like, and they published the solution to last month every month. And so it's it's exactly the, the same concept as this of like, we have this game. Here's a puzzle that we can make from this game. Here's your hand. How can you kill your opponent? No, this is a 
This is, it's, it's fun. Plus, you know, you don't have to do them in any sort of order. You can actually pick to do, you know, some of the lethal ones. You can pick to do all the lethal ones. You can pick to do, I'm just literally working my way down the list each time. So I'm doing like the, the first boss for lethal, which each of these is a group of like eight or nine puzzles on its own. Yep. So there's what four bosses per thing, four things per there, and then you have the Doctor Boom puzzles at the bottom. Oh God, I haven't even gotten. I'm still in lethal. I'm going across and then down. Ah, so I'm on the third tier of lethal, and oh, it's getting with little stormy. It's getting, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at right now, actually, as it's well. It's getting hard. Yeah, it took me my entire lunch break to solve one of the little stormy puzzles. Oh, don't say that. These are not easy puzzles. Some of them you can you can almost brute force. Yes, because right? there are only so many choices you can make. Yeah, and you know these things are you're given your hand. You know, it's one turn, so, you know, everything must be played within your 10 mana crystals, or sometimes they're even less than that. Uh, sometimes it's more, though, because you have things that can refill your mana crystals. Yes, so, you know, you there's a limited number of cards available, so it's like, yeah, you can kind of try and brute force it. There were some times, though, yep. where... The what? the Paladin uh, Consecrate-based one. Oh, God. That took me forever. That was the one that took me my whole lunch hour to figure out. Yeah, I had to come back to that. Like, I had to stop playing it for a while and come back to it. It took me a second, though, because I'm like, I'm finishing it. I'm like, wait a second, I'm off by five damage points. Okay, so somehow I, I know where I can get the five damage points, but I couldn't figure out the correct, basically, order of operations to do things in order yep. to get that extra five damage. Yep. <sighs> I actually don't remember how I solved it now. I'd have to go back and try again, probably refigure it out. Son of a bitch. I can tell you how to, you know, it has to do with the uh, that one you guy. You have to attack with your, your um, champion, right? Yes. Yeah, that's where you get the five damage is from your champion. Yep. So, but no, it's if you like puzzles, as and, I do. Yep. These are a lot of puzzles. It's free, you know, and they, they start out pretty simple there. Like, there was one, I think it was the last one of the first boss for lethal that the game actually basically played itself. Do you remember that one? Where you just, like, played a card and then it just set off a whole chain event? Yeah. It's like, oh. That, that was a gimme, yeah. right? That was a, like... Don't worry about this one. We we just wanted to have like have a bunch of explosions. We just wanted to have fun with this one. So, yeah. So yeah. So the Hearthstone Puzzle Labs entirely free. Don't have to you know have any. You you it'd be nice you know to have experience of Hearthstone cards, but all the cards tell you exactly what they do on the card, so it's not too hard to figure out. Yeah. So. And I'm just thinking about it now. I haven't actually touched any of my daily quests since this came out. Because <laughs> I've just been focused entirely on Puzzle Labs. Two of my daily quests are like win 10 games in standard play. I don't like doing standard play anymore because I don't want to make a deck. Okay. So those and those two quests are locked. I can't I can't get rid of them. Why are they and do you want to make me a deck? Because they're like unlock this champion. Oh. You want to make me a deck? Do you do you know about Hearthpone? Uh, yes. It's pretty easy. Well, you know, if if you if you download and install Innkeeper one time, it can go into your thing and find out what cards you have. Mm-hmm. Then you can connect it to this website, mm-hmm. and it can tell you exactly what decks you can build. Mm. And so, I do that sometimes, especially for tavern brawls. I go, okay, you know, I don't want to try and figure out the best things. The best things, just you know. 
filter to me. Filter is deck type. Deck type is tavern brawl, and then it picks the latest tavern brawl from the list. Nice. And then I go yes, and then I say only you know give me decks that I can personally build right now. And then Fair now right. with that whole you know clipboard issue, I can copy the deck for Hearthstone. I open up the deck builder, and it says, "Hey, would you like to build the deck from your clipboard?" And you say yes, and then thirty seconds later, boom, you have a deck ready to go. All right, all right, all right. Hearthpone? Hearthpone. Maybe I'll do it. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Do you filter your water? Yeah, we have a fil- So we get our water. We have, we have two sources of water in the kitchen. Okay. We have the kitchen sink. Yes. Which is unfiltered. Yep. And use that for cooking. Use that for washing. Uh, and then we have the fridge water. And the fridge water has a filter in it. And that's more just a feature of the refrigerator than a, I only want to drink filtered water. Uh, We have the kitchen sink water. And then we have a Brita pitcher in the fridge. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, I just, you know, when I just need a glass of water, I normally just take it from the sink. Which is now interesting because there's that whole PFAS contamination now here in Michigan. So, um, you know, there's there's literally people handing out bottled water in some of the communities around us because the PFAS levels were something crazy high compared to the EPA's health advisory level of 70 parts per trillion. What is PFAS? PFAS is something. A term that represents a group of water-repellent chemicals known as per- and polyfluorinated compounds, which have links to cancer, liver damage, birth defects, and autoimmune diseases. Oh, good time. Michigan says PFAS makes all fish in Huron River unsafe to eat. All right, so that's not good. No. And they don't know where it's coming from. So you're filtering your water. We have a filter. Have I used it? No. Um... For Isaac, for his formula and stuff, we use the bottled water from uh, Costco. Okay. The Kirkland bottled water? Yep. Because it's cheap and um, self-contained. And then we just uh, put the plastic bottles in the recycling. Okay. So it's, you know, it's a lot easier to deal with those. Plus, we can take those little bottles of water, you know, places and not have to worry about containers and that sort of thing. So. So, yes, that's our our water usage here is, you know, we got the kitchen sink. We got a burger pitcher in the fridge. And we got Isaac with his bottled water, and that's where we're at. So, okay. All right. So, yes-ish. Yep. Andy uses bottled water for the baby. I have filtered water in the fridge, because the fridge just has a filter in it. Now I'm wondering what the portage... Oh, here we go. All known PFAS sites in Michigan is Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Ann Arbor's on the list. Lovely. It's Canada, Rockford, so that's up in Grand Rapids. Plainfield, so that's north of us. Oh, Plainwell's north of us, you're right. Niles, okay. Battle Creek. Richland, yep, there's where the bottled waters are getting distributed. Oh, one well in Richland was tested at 1,116 parts per trillion. <laughs> the EPA requirement is 70. That's that's really high. Yep. The plume extends east from the formal electroplating facility, which the state now owns after the company went bankrupt in the 1990s. Lovely. So. All right. Okay, so the Kalamazoo supply is okay, because they're actually using the Kalamazoo supply to <laughs> feed parchment in Richland. And Portage says, uh, totals 13 parts per trillion in one test. So, Portage is okay. Yay! 
On that good news, I guess, uh, I guess that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>